This is the St. Louis Podcast Network. Freezing cold in ancient shoes, oh. You're the cold maze, say one. Freezing cold in ancient shoes, oh. All right. Have you heard this before? I have not. What is this? Uh, Andy does it the best justice. Alright, so it's a song called, I can't even pronounce it, like Crazy and Cult. You'll hear it, but it's a guy named Adriano Celentano. Okay. And it's from an episode of Fargo, Brother Kevin Abair. Okay. Another one on FX. Fargo, Fargo's a great, it's a, one of the best shows on TV. I haven't ever seen it. Oh, it's fantastic. I've seen the movie, the original one with like Buscemi. A little bit of the movie is tied into the TV show. Okay. Do you have Hulu? Yes. It's on Hulu. Okay. I have that Hulu live. I love it. Okay. Love it. So anyway. This, so this was on a uh, bridge tournament. Is when the song came on. Yes, because in the third season, it was season three. Uh, Fargo, um, Mary Kate Winstead, okay, who is beautiful, drop dead gorgeous. Have you seen um, like what she Scott, looked like? Have you seen Scott Pilgrim versus the World? Yes, the brunette that he was that he fell in love with, Ramona. Oh, okay, 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 okay. okay it's right. her. Okay. Oh, only wow. thing yeah. like okay, okay. Well, only thing like in there she looked like a, like a punk kid. Yes. Okay, just imagine her now, like all grown up and into a beautiful woman. Okay. And so the emo's gone attractive. Correct. Okay. And she is hooked on playing bridge. Like that is her vice. Have you ever played? I have not. No, I don't, I'm, not, Andy, I'm not big on playing cards. I have a, my grandmother was a master bridge player, like okay. certified certified by, by the really? International Bridge Organization as a master bridge player. So have you played? I've never played. I've never played either. My dad and my mom and my two grandparents on my uh, my dad's side would play every Sunday for 15 years. I, ne- I mean, I never played it. I'm a rummy guy and a gin guy. Oh, I'm a gin guy too. Love it. I mean, dude, like in the summer, I love it. Like yep. just sitting outside getting a tan or whatever, hanging by the pool. It's like the way to spend. I remember my parents, like when I was growing up, they played peanut. Yeah, we never played that either. I never played that either. My parents and I don't know the objective. We were talking the other day with my mom. Let me do this real quick. You're listening to the St. Louis Happy Hour (laughs) on the St. Louis Podcast Network, SCLpodcast.com. I'm Andy Hanselman alongside Alpina John Sander. As you heard, we have a guest in studio tonight, Alpina. He is uh, sitting to my right. He's sitting to your right if you saw him over there or not. Mm-hmm. But he, uh, hard to miss. he is the co-host of the Charlie Tuna Show on 590 The Fan from 6 to 8. That is true. PM on airs on 590 The Fan here in St. Louis. And he also hosts a little podcast called The Last Man Up Podcast, which ironically is also on the St. Louis Podcast Network. His name is Matt Berger. Matt, thanks for uh, joining us for oh, our happy, very happy, special very, edition. Very, very happy to be here. We, uh, we've never, we haven't had a guest before, so I figured, hey, I'm going to ask the guy who does a podcast before us <laughs> to hang around and, and well, be our, and be was, our it, guest it, it and hang out with us. It was very difficult to get me here. Yeah. I hope you're going to comp me for my gasoline, and can you validate my parking? You can validate your parking, and maybe, get, and maybe I'll get you a ski out of the, uh, out of the soda machine. Oh, that, that'll work. I never had one of those. They're so good. He was talking about them last week. I'd never had it either. Yeah. You said it's like, what, like a Mountain Dew? Or? It's like a Mountain Dew, but it's... It's it's, uh, it's, it's lem- called Ski. Yeah, lemon and orange. I'll, I'll go... I'll, we'll pause this here for a minute. I'll go grab one when I want to get a second. There we go. For you guys. Uh, this is the uh, St. Louis Happy Hour, STL Happy Hour. You can now subscribe to us on iTunes. You can really? subscribe to us on Google Play. On Stitcher and on Spotify. Nice. So yeah, we are. We That's are, awesome. We're official. We got it all together. And one of the biggest. Uh, it's not even a complaint, but people were like, "Hey, when can we listen to it? Like as a podcast form, like not through a link, you know, or whatever." Yeah. And I go, "I go, it's coming, it's coming." So yeah, it's awesome. You can, you can subscribe to it now. That's awesome. It's very cool. Just look up. Uh, look up STL Happy Hour. 
and you'll see a great logo with the uh, it's red and black and it has the arch. There's a couple of uh, drink glasses underneath the arch, and it says STL Happy Hour in white. Nice. Designed by the great Clay Byersdorfer. Who, he's uh, not bad. He's a pretty good guy. He's, he's pretty good. He, Thanks, Clay. He's a pretty good thing. So on tonight's show, we, you know, we like to bullshit a lot, so we're going to do a lot of that for sure. But I wanted to talk a little bit about, and the reason I wanted to have Matt here, because Matt and I talk media a lot. All the time. Before, before we start recording other podcasts. And I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, it's been a very, very active 2019 in, in the media scene. Even on social media and, and how media people uh, interact with other folks. I don't know if I really want to name names of people who I, I don't agree with. We can talk about people in a good way, but I don't really want to talk, talk about specific people in a bad way. A guy who, you know, he's been around for about 35 years now. So we can, we can leave his name out of it. Okay. Because he's, he's an angry man. He's okay. An, he's an angry elf. I think He's I think, an angry elf. He's a keyboard gangster. But like, you know... I don't even really know where I where I, where I want to take the direction. Like you know, I, I like. Do I do I know this angry elf? I'm going to edit it out. Oh, okay. Your yeah. buddy, who's actually, buddy, who's yeah. actually you like. I do like. I get along great. And he, you know, for all intents and purposes, he seems like a nice enough guy, but he just gets so angry. On he the does. Internet. So give so for people who don't know, I know what you're talking about. Of course, you know what we're talking about. Of course, yeah. But like so giving context. In the context of what happened was there was a story in the Post Dispatch. Uh, it was posted on uh, January eighth. So, okay. so going the day back after a, my birthday. Yeah, going back to, <laughs> going back a couple of weeks ago. We all know, we now owe you presents next year. Camel V's right, Laura Hediger leaves KTRS radio gig, and uh, this person's post on Facebook was basically um, what a ditz. Now he says he does, and I I listened to his rebuttal on his podcast. And he says that he does his research before he posts anything on Facebook. He doesn't really post anything in jest, which I believe. He's, I mean, he's the most... And he's as well-connected with the St. Louis media as anybody now, that I can think of. Now, Laura Hedeker was what to him? Did, were they co-host? Were they no, anything like that? I don't think, I don't think anything. Just, they, were, just, they just worked at the same station? No, no. he was just commenting on the on the. Oh, so on, he just on the shot off at the mouth. Well, I mean, like, and, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to defend him, but if I had to guess... Right. I'm he, not. he probably knows a lot of the producers that she works with at the okay. station, if okay. I had to guess. But they're even separate stations. Correct. Okay. I mean, I'm just trying he, to get a under, full understanding. He's not even in that medium anymore. Okay. Right. Okay. And so our, our good friend, um, who is a KMOX producer, I think you know him, I'll edit out the name mm-hmm. again. Correct. Okay. Uh, posted classy comment. Yes. And he and then uh, uh, posted... Something along the lines of, uh, she deserves it. And then after about three minutes, which makes me think that he clicked on his link and figured out who was and where he worked, decided to go on full tilt. He did, and and this I was think, all going on on Facebook or Twitter? Yes, on Facebook. On Facebook. So this yes. is uh, visible to the public in general. Absolutely. And, and th- like where this person works, the radio station that this person works, yeah. is a very sore subject with the other person. It is. An extraordinarily so there's sore a past. subject. There was a past. Uh, he, he, it, it could have been someone that he likes okay. that worked at this radio station. Once you, go, once you start working there, he is going to probably have maybe a negative opinion of you already. That's not what you Okay, so he's place. coming from a, a darker place Correct. anyway in general. Correct. Because, I mean, there's nothing to really dislike about uh, Laura Hedegaard. They're just. I, I mean, as, as far so as I, I worked I, with her. He, I, worked at, so, I worked at KMOV. Okay, like, I, I mean, I know she is, but I've never met the woman. She was the sweetest, bubbly. Yeah, she what seems you, nice. What I've, you saw on TV was what I worked behind the scenes at Channel 4. Okay. I was an assignment desk mm-hmm. uh, guy. And, I mean, I worked with her, I don't know, 40 times. But, okay, like, this is what this guy does is that he kind of goes after people 
And like he's even gone after people I know, and I even I even had kind of went after big time. Yes, big time. And well, he even I mean he didn't really go after her for what she did, but my friend Audrey, who was no longer at Channel Five, mm-hmm. but when she was there, yeah, the the outfit that she had on it it was not her best look. And, and Audrey's a beautiful girl. Yeah, like there's nothing that she can't wear well. But what she had on, it, it did not look great, especially on so TV. That wasn't the most flattering thing. Not she, at all. Okay. okay. And he posted the picture, and he was kind of like, what on earth is this girl wearing? And I'm like, hey, I, like, I got to defend my girl. I'm like, I don't think she makes all the wardrobe decisions over there. So I mean, I, like, well, I mean, I ha- if she does, we all wake up and put on something that might not be our most flattering. Right. I, mean, I mean, if like, we're being honest. And, and, like, and honestly, who cares? I mean, like, At it, the end of the day, did she bring you the information she was supposed to bring you? Yeah, I'm sure she did. There you go. Yeah. So, you know? You went into great depth on, I guess I'm going to just bleep names is what I'm going to do. Okay, I, don't, yeah, I, don't know. I guess you're going to have to. I don't know what I'm going to do, but we'll figure it out. But at the very least, you're we're going you to explain we're that. Go, like, we're yeah. just going to bleep the names. We're going to bleep names. So you if know. you hear bleeps, that's, we're, ta- we're mentioning names that we that we really don't want. You can want. Google whatever yeah, you Yeah, you can to. Google whatever you want. You can figure it out for yourself, but uh, we'll, we'll be bleeping names. So uh, I guess you need, just need to get the bleep ready and just start copy and pasting wherever I need it. Yeah. So uh, he basically he defended it greatly on his podcast, which he airs on Sunday and Wednesday, which I would highly recommend. I mean, the guy's a hell of a broadcaster. Oh, of I mean, course. there's no has doubt been about for it. A long time. And has been for a long, Forever. long, long time. I mean, he's unbelievable. And just and to listen to him talk straight for 35 minutes. And he, he addressed the situation and he said, you know, he said, it, my, it, my observations are based solely upon what I've seen her do on television. He goes, and I'm not impressed. He goes, I don't know how she got a job at KMOV on television. I find her unimpressed. You know, I don't find her to be, you know, the best on the air. I think she asks silly questions. I think, you know, I just don't think that she is a professional. He says, and the fact that most of the people who work in television at that age um, usually end up in another field, a la Alpina here. Mm-hmm, right. you know, we're sitting in the midst of one right now. Sure. Right? And um, they uh, or they end up as the public relations guy for the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office. Like, <laughs> like uh, this is, and I, I won't believe this guy's name, but former KSK reporter Grant Bissell joins Jefferson County Sheriff's Office as his new public relations officer. Oh, sure. I mean, that's just what they do. Because they figure out that the hours suck, that the pay sucks, and that everything about television sucks. If I told you even half the nightmare of shit that I went through for a three and a half year span, it would, it would just blow your mind. Now, you I told- know Matt's been through it. I've been through it, but that's been on the radio side. I, and I, 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 had, I, I had the blessing of both sides. I had radio and television. And, and he told a story last week about how he went to, took the job in Alpena, Michigan. Without, oh, no, I heard about it. Right. Yeah, I heard. It was oh, crazy, did you? Man. Yeah. I mean, honest to God, like to think that. What in the hell have I done? Was so like, if you just of, if you back it up, I wanted to be in so bad, so bad. So this was, uh, I, I graduated in August of 2012 from the broadcast center. And it was like, they immediately tell you like, they're going to place you. It's going to be the greatest thing ever. You're going to get right into the business. Yeah. Right. Yep. Have you been, have you, did you go there? Do you no. know people that have had this same sad story? I yes. have. Yes. Well, here's the funny thing. You pay them your check. You finish your thing. They give you a piece of paper that says you graduated. You're sufficient and you know, radio, whatever, and whatever. And you finish. And the next thing you you know that person that's supposed to be helping you like get into the world is yeah. gone dude they don't pick up their phone nothing so here i am not educated at all as what so to it, was, do. it was basically a bill of goods i went to every single affiliates website and would find the contact list and i would take my demo reel and uh and i would write a cover letter and change the name at the top to whomever it was to whoever yeah. it may concern whatever and i would send it and i would email it and i i mean i emailed 500 people 
500 people I emailed and I would get responses back from like 10 yeah. and nine of them were like, you got something here, kid, but we're not quite sure what it is. You know, like we'll give you a call that went on for till July of 2013 when I got a call from KFSM uh, in Arkansas. It was channel five CBS affiliate down there. And they're like, uh, we don't know what to do with you. So we're going to make you a producer. And I'm like, well, I've never produced a single thing in my life. Sure. And they're like, oh, well, we'll teach you. And I'm like, oh, Okay. okay. Yeah. And they're like, okay, you have to move down here in 10 days. Like your job starts in 10 days. And I'm like, oh my God. Like I, at the time I worked at a bank uh, and I'm like, uh, okay. So I walk in there, tell them I'm done and then come home, tell my parents what's happening. They're like, you don't even know where to go. Like, where are you going to live? Yeah. So I drive down there that night with my best friend, Chris Riva, who's from Chicago, but he lived in St. Louis at the time. We drive straight down into Arkansas and we're like, okay, we're in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Where am I going to live? And how big is this town? Uh, Belleville? Yeah. Right around there, man. Not 50,000 people? Yes. Okay. So you're like, okay, you have two apartment complexes are available and then there are like random homes you can get. But again, I'm... I had no money or anything. I mean, and you're not going to be making much money there, right? No, I haven't you're, even got to that good part of what they offer. You were probably making like fifteen thousand dollars a year. So I, I, uh, I go and I do this, and uh, no joke, we go down there and we're like, okay, and I find one apartment left at this place called the Links, and I'm like, whatever, I'll just get it. It was like five fifty a month, which was like a joke, you know. But it was like you're living in Fort Smith, Arkansas, and then I drive back home, pack my bags, and then drive back down and move into this place. They paid me $24,000 a year. That's more than I thought you were going to be making. $24,000 a year. I thought it was more. That's more, too. You break that down after taxes, it's like 450 bucks a week. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's not much. And it was like... Well, what year are we talking? 2013. July okay, of 2013. Okay, so, yeah. The, because, You're talking... I was bartending making three, more, $400 in a night, yes. much less this, but yeah. it was like, okay, it's for the dream. Get down there, produce for like a year, doing the weekend shows where you literally work. All, I mean, 13 hours, you're the only guy. And they trained me for two weeks and let me go. Mm-hmm. And I remember that feeling of your first show. It's like, dude, your heart is through the roof. Because yeah. you're like, if I fuck something up, like, is this going to go on air? And then there's nothing in the teleprompter. Like, do I have all this ready to go? And then did that and then moved, like, I think it was around a year later up to Alpena, Michigan. Moved in the middle of the night. Took my at-the-time girlfriend who works for Fox 2 now. We drive up. 13 hours, stop in St. Louis to see my family, stop in Chicago to see her family, straight up to Alpena. It's uh, April 27th of 2014 now, and no joke, there's a foot of snow on the ground. (laughs) And I'm like, what the fuck have I done, man? It's a foot of snow. Like, So I get there, we rented a house from a guy we'd never seen before, uh, literally online, met him online, it could have been a total fucking fake. Yeah. And the guy's like, meet me at the local Applebee's 20 miles from the house. He could be some demented person that has got like a dungeon in his basement. He goes, we'll exchange, torture. Yeah, we'll exchange keys and you'll give me two months rent. And I go, fuck, okay. Well, two months rent up there was $1,800. So it was Holy $900 shit. a month to rent this house, but you had no options. Alpena is 10,000 people. Yeah, where are you going to live? Like an igloo? What are your choices? Yeah. If, if there are no other options, what do you do? So we meet this guy, nice guy, normal guy, gives us the keys. We go, get there, and my new boss calls me, and she goes, she goes, hey, come on up to this, uh, the studio and watch a 10 o'clock show, meet everybody, and I'm like, okay, that, that sounds great. Yeah. Like, great. We get there, and her name was Shannon, and she was like 22 years old, fresh out of Syracuse University, so journalism 101 for any of so those So she went who, to the right school. Yeah. She did. And I'm watching the show, and she's about to go on to the sports. So you have the commercial after weather, and now you're going into the sports. And here we go. I'm standing 10 feet from her, and she goes, all right, kicking off today's sports, we're going to talk about golf, which comes from you want to talk about golf with the stupid thing that I 
am known for on the morning after or whatever. <laughs> and uh, she goes, we're going to talk about number one player in the world, Rory McElroy. Oh, my and God. And I'm like, did she just like she have no trouble with this? Like, doing. what's going on here? So then she goes on to the next story, which is hockey. And she's like, in the Nets tonight is Martin Broder. Oh. And I'm like. Martin Brodeur? Like, is that what she's trying to say? Like, So sports is not her strong suit. Is so now saying. we're up there and you got, yeah. what do you do? What do you do? And they were paying 25000 a piece. So, so you got, you were making a thousand dollars a year or more. Yes. Wow. Yes. And now we're trapped. We're trapped, dude. And this went on for six months to where then they go, we're going to try to sign you to a two-year contract. And I go, I go, well, what's the pay raise? Cause I'm like, I can put up with damn near anything if the money's right. Like, are we talking now I'm going to 50? Like, that's the delusion I was in, like, yeah. thinking, I'm the only sports guy for 300 miles, like... Did yeah. kind of There's you- no one begging on the door in Alpena, Michigan. No. They are begging on the door at KMOV and KSDK. Right. Well, like, did it clue you in, like, okay, because this was, like, at a barn, wasn't it? Like, yeah, it was, like, like, in a red barn building is did, where did, this was at. But did, I was on ABC, Fox, and CBS, so if you turn on your sports for a 350-mile radius, I'm the only face you would see, so I thought, I gotta have a little bit of, like, money coming my way. Well, you gotta look at it and be like, okay... We're doing this in a barn. They've got yes. no money. They're not going to pay me anything. But again, you're delusional in the same sure. way that you're thinking you're going to be on Sports Center five years <laughs> after you graduate. And it was like, dude, they offered me twenty seven thousand dollars. Yeah. It was like, get the fuck out of here. Like, you can't be serious. Yeah. And Katie and I both said nope and left in the middle of the night in a U-Haul and drove thirteen hours or what was it, ten hours back to St. Louis. And that was, I, I was out of the business for like. A year before well, I, mean, I went like, to KMOV for a little bit. The, the industry sucks. Yeah. The only reason why I am in, in the industry is because of Bernie Madoff. What? Bernie Madoff is the only reason why I'm in the industry. I got my degree in broadcasting and film from Central Missouri State University, now the University of Central Missouri. And for those who know, Bernie Madoff is the guy, the investor. The Ponzi scheme a, guy. The Ponzi scheme guy. The, the, he was the guy. The Ponzi scheme guy. The, the biggest people Ponzi. out of millions and millions I will, of dollars. I, 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 will, I will connect it all together here in a second. Okay. So I get my degree in 2000 and I can't really find a job in the industry, at least one that I would be comfortable taking financially. Okay. Um, I had something where my sister went to Truman state, which is in Kirksville and went up there for the graduation. And a guy that I went to college with graduated with them. You know, we had the same classes. He was in the truck for one of the TV stations because they were shooting the graduation ceremony. And he asked me if I had found a job yet. And I told him that I had, I was working for this finance company and he goes, well, I could probably get you a job here. And I'm like, okay, well, how much money are we talking? And he's like, well, that's the thing. It's only going to be paying like $15,000 a year. And I'm Jesus like, Christ. I'm like, dude, I'm like, that's half of what I'm making now. I go, I, I can't do that. So I was out of the industry up until 2012. So a 12-year hiatus. 12-year hiatus. So what happened was, to Bernie Madoff, I used to work for HSBC. Okay. HSBC lost a billion dollars in the Bernie Madoff scandal. The company, the, the the part of HSBC that I was working for, that was our operating budget for the year, was that billion dollars, more than likely. So HSBC laid us all off. Walked into work one day, and they're like, you're all fired. Here's your, here's your uh, severance package, but by the way, get out. So at the end of that month, I go to work for another financial institution, a, a huge one, a too-big-to-fail bank. I won't say the name of it, okay. but it's a too-big-to-fail bank. Everybody's heard of it. So I start working there. And get a couple of different bosses. 101 ES at, uh, ESPN, 101 ESPN, had a thing that was called Sportscaster Factor. They had it here in, in uh, Edwardsville. 
Okay. At SIUE. It was kind of like a uh, like an American Idol version of sportscaster. Uh, a sportscaster. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm I'm interested in doing it. Why not give it a shot? Because I used to listen to the fast lane. I'm like, I'm better than these assholes. Come on, they don't. They're not talking about anything. Okay. So I go there and I did the audition. I auditioned twice, and one guy like Demarco Far liked me, and uh, what was the other guy? I can't think of his name. He went to Oklahoma City. He was on the middle of the day. Um. Oh my god. I think it was Adam something. And, oh. oh, they're original people. I'm trying to think because I remember it was he like, wasn't on the fast lane. He was on in the middle of the day, though. I know, like, but there was like morning. It was like Paris and Burwell, and then they went on to somebody else. God, it, who was I can't remember. Like I said, he's in Oklahoma City now. Or at least he was. He got he got let go from. And he worked for 101 ESPN the radio. So here. and what it was, Haas didn't like me. Big Haas didn't like me. So that was the end of it. So like I, I posted on Facebook that I was doing it, and everybody's like, hey, you know. Keep your chin up. I'm like, you know, I'm not that upset about it. I just figured I'd give it a shot. And accept they, the reality. Accept the reality. And the guy that ended up winning, he they gave him one hour on Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. And I think they paid him like $50 a month to do that. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm glad I didn't just win. Just shows you the lack of power you have and leverage. So the guy that was my boss at the Too Big to Fail Bank that I was working at, his brother, Scott Gherkin, owned Talk STL. Okay. And he told me, he goes, well, my brother owns TalkSTL.com. I don't know if you've heard of him. I'm like, I have. And he goes, well, they're looking for somebody to host a uh, a sports talk show in the afternoon. It's like it's not radio, but it's kind of like live internet radio. You'd be not all over the air, but the show would be live. And so I'm essentially like, podcast form that could be live streamed. Yeah, basically is what it was. It was kind of like a live podcast. Yep. And he goes, so uh, you should go talk to him. So I went and I talked to him. And the time that they wanted me to start working there, like in the afternoon, I just couldn't swing with my day job. Right. You know, like I was working in O'Fallon. They were located in Wentzville. It just like logistically it wouldn't happen. And plus, I wasn't sure how much I wanted to work at the day job all day and then go to the radio yep. show. How much at night. do you want to stretch yourself? Exactly. Then? So I'm like, I'm not sure I'm interested in doing that. So I told him, I go, if there's any way I could do something like on Saturday mornings during like on the weekends, I'd be interested in doing that. And he's like, well, yeah, you know, put something together and let me know. And that kind of started, you know, I started working at Talk STL. Scotty loved me. I love Scotty. Right. We built something at, at Talk STL. Then we started leasing the 1380 signal. Scotty bought the 590 signal. And then it just kind of took off from it there. It just kind of took off from there. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I never really, I'm very fortunate. I never really had to put together a reel. I, yeah. I mean, I did that before. Oh, there's nothing more. There is nothing more disheartening. There Cause, really is. People, people have asked me now, like, do you have a reel? I'm like, no, I don't. Like, I don't even have anything. I, I don't have anything downloaded or saved. Right. So if I wanted to send something to another radio station, I would have to download an old podcast of one of these or see yeah. if there's anything that, yeah. that McCurden still has a 590 that he could give me. Otherwise, everything's gone. What about you? What's your story in media? So I was a mass comm major at SIU for three years before I decided to change to uh, business and MIS. Okay. So that's why I graduated uh, with a degree. And I saw uh, the only radio I really did was um, at WSIE, the jazz station. Hey. I mean, you do have the most you perfect do. Yeah, you do. radio voice there honestly is. For like, jazz. When I list, like When I listen back to ours or whatever, you know, like yeah. when we're going back and forth, your voice like blows my shit way out of the water. And I, and I, and I think your voice blows my shit out of the water. Uh, so it, that's just what it it's is. It's a though. mutual love thing, but I'm telling you, man, like you two you, just sitting here blowing each other. So, yeah, but I mean, hit, like your voice is the same way though. Like it has like a commanding like 
tone to it when you you're have talking. It. Right. Yeah, you got to have it. Right. Like, like my, my day job that I have now, every once in a while, we have to get on the phone. Yeah. And my boss is like, you know, everybody, from, the radio like, everybody from like five rows over can hear you. I'm like, this is as quiet as I get. I know. And I'm the same way. But you're so loud. Um, like, I, I, I have no control over it. So you graduate. So I graduate and I worked several different uh, IT places. Spent most of my time. I spent most of my past 20 years here working for my dad. Okay. Um, so... I'd always been interested in stuff, and so I started doing mobile DJ stuff in about 2003. Oh, God, you've been doing it for over 15 years. I didn't know that. Yeah, I've been doing this for a long time. And so, you know, I had fun, you know, like emceeing weddings, and then, you know, and I still I still do that from time to time. I, I don't do as many weddings as I used to. Um, and then I got in with Tim, DJing some events for them, with what with, with they had going on. Um, and then... When he was starting CBS Sports 920. And this is Tim McKernan. Yeah, like, Tim McKernan. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he's the one who runs, the, or doesn't run it anymore, but yeah. Right. So, but he was, he was running CBS Sports 920. Uh, it was owned by Inside SEL Enterprises. And so he, uh, I emailed him. I said, hey, I said, I'd like to audition to be your voiceover guy. And he goes, okay. He goes, that's cool. And I guess it came down between me and Tom Calhoun. Tom, Cal- Tom Calhoun was doing us at 590 before yeah. the merger with, with Tim. And so um, I got the job with Tim. That lasted, I had a good four, I think four or five year run yeah. between CBS Sports 920 and the very early days of Tim running uh, 590 The Fan. You were there until I think Hadley took over. Until Hadley took over and then yeah. Dave Green. And actually Dave Green was the one who fired me last, it was March of 2017. So yeah, no, sorry, 2017. Yes, 2017. 2017. Yep. So you're coming up on two years. Coming up on two years, not in that role. However, um, in that time, I started doing stuff with Roderick, mm. with Joe Roderick in the evenings. Um, I've done a few other things. I don't have as much radio experience as either one of you or even you know the educational background to go along with it. I've never did a broadcast center. Mm. Um, you know, everything that I've done and um, everything that I know how to do is all self-taught. Watching, yeah. reading stuff and well, watching I mean, like, YouTube videos. I think it's videos the best and, way, man. I feel like I feel like when I go back and listen to the AM Express, which is unbelievably still on iTunes. Like when I go back nice. and listen to it, I'm like, what a jackass! Like oh, whenever I, I, anyone's even nice enough or just being like kind enough to be like, oh yeah, I listened to your show, I liked it. I'm like, dude, it was such trash. Like it was so fucking yeah, bad, I, man. I, like I, I, I never listen to anything that I've ever done. Never. I never listen. You never listen back to one of your podcasts? Really? No. really? Uh, see, I dissect it. Never. I dissect it. I, 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 I'm way too. I'm way too critical of myself. See, that's how oh, I, I am way, too. And I, I drive myself crazy. Really? Now, when I was doing the sports junkies uh, on Talk STL, one of the guys that I was doing the show with, his name is Jason Hine, and Jay would listen to the show. On the drive home when we were leaving yeah. the studio, yeah. because Tom West was our producer. Tom West, who was on the Point, and he's now on, on the Viper uh-huh. uh, out in St. Charles County. Tom would like put the show together and have it ready for upload, and then Jay would download it on his phone and he would listen to it on the way home because he'd be sending me he'd be sending me texts. He's like, "Dude, we're so funny, dude. We're hilarious." I'm like, "You're listening to us?" And he's like, "Yeah, I always do this." I'm like, "I never do." Oh, I do it for pure critique. I like, honest to God, like when Andy will send a link, being like, "Ah, oh, here's the latest episode or whatever." Like, I can't wait to listen to it because it's not so much to hear my voice; it's to hear like the whole product. Like, is the product good? Like, that's what I always. And I text well, Andy boy, right and away, I, and that's what I pride myself on the, well, you know, the most. Well, one yeah. thing, one thing I do: number one, I trust him one hundred percent. Right. So if you're putting it, I know that you want to put just some slap. You just want to uh, slap some shit together and put it out there. Absolutely so, not. So I know it's going to be top notch. And no one has ever said to me, "Hey, you know what? The podcast sounds like shit." 
Now, there's been times where it'd be like, hey, I, I, I'm on this website and it's not there. I guess I meant there's more the a couple content. Times like, that. like, am I bringing shit to the table? Like, if I'm listening to it and I you go... You have the gift of gab. What are you talking about? <laughs> but I mean, like, if I listen to something and I go like, ah, oh, that was shit. Like, I'll be like, you know what? Next time, yeah. fucking let that one pass. See, let like, that thought go the, into the, ether. The, the, the early days of Talk STL, when I was doing the Sports Junkies, I would listen to it. Yeah. And I was driving myself crazy. And there was one time I was so angry with myself because I lost my temper with Jay. Yeah. Because Jay, Jay knows a way of pushing my buttons. And I lost my temper about it. And I mean, like, we, we've known each other for a long time. So sure. it sounded like we were getting ready to kill each other, but we really weren't. <laughs> right. And I hated the way I sound. And I'm like, I'm never listening to another one of my things again. Yeah, that'll do it. So I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Like, I never listened back to anything I did on 590 or 1380 or even one of these here. So we completely, I, I did it. I completely ransacked your, uh, your story of what you were going with to start with, Andy. So yes, the, we the, did. The, the, <laughs> we completely took it over. Yeah. No, I, I, no, I, I enjoyed it. No, it was great. The, the, the Laura Hedegar thing. I guess the bigger question is, is like, what is your, what is your thought on it? Like, I think like. My thought is, is that after hearing JC's rebuttal, I can understand why he said it because he said it, you know, he said, if, if he says that he posts everything with a purpose, then. So what do you, what was his purpose? Did he say that? Like what his purpose for I think, saying I think that's something just, like that? that was just his opinion. It was just yeah. And I mean, and he's JC is in his. He's got to be in his mid sixties. Yeah, by now he is. Yeah, by now, and he's been in this industry for about as long. Is this as, something he's done before though? Like taking oh, people to the yeah. coals? Okay, so this oh, wasn't yeah. an out of the way. He's been he's been fired from he was fired from KTRS for taking a listener to the coals by making fun of his wife or something. And yeah, the and, and the and like, wow. when, when he can be vicious, he can be vicious. Yeah. Now. Uh, I it's just not my thing to take it to social media. It's not my thing. No, if I have a beef with somebody, I would tell them or just avoid them. I'm well, not gonna. You're better off to leave way. it, and you're better off to leave it alone anyway. Yep. And I'm only gonna yep. have I'm only gonna have beef with somebody if they come after me. Right. Well, my thing would be the number one question I would ask is when he posts that first thing when he's saying whatever he's saying about Laura Hedegar in the negative light. What is the best possible outcome? Like, what is your? Oh, he what would do you go th- after you. Just, I think, but I mean, like that he, he would he would villainize but you. Don't you think? I, okay, but I mean, like when you look at this situation with him and Hedegar, doesn't he look like the bad guy? Not to his, not to his, his base, his, not to yeah. his sheep. Yeah, like I mean, what, would like you I, I would just, you I don't. Sheep? I mean, he's he's got a lot of listeners. He's got a, a lot big, of listeners. He's got a big following. Well, yeah. He's been around forever, forever. And when he when we when uh, when I was on thirteen eighty, and we were at the time simulcasting on five ninety, but we were getting ready to relaunch. 590 the fan we were getting ready to go to an all sports radio station right at the time we were kind of like a a sports talk hybrid um and they told jc is like look we're going to all sports you're not going to be on in the morning anymore you're going to be on midday with uh jeff Vernetti and uh, and bob ramsey huh. and both good guys but uh, i don't know Vernetti. i i knew them both from 920 uh, so ram rammer's awesome yeah i've had rammer on my show a couple of times rammer's awesome Vernetti, when i met him he was a little kind of standoffish to me so really yeah so maybe he was just having a bad day i don't know yeah. I, I really don't know him and like other, i said it was such a like a normal context that other, I met, other, you know what i mean yeah like, other than we're facebook friends that's about it but doesn't right. mean, that doesn't mean anything sure um <laughs> they told jc they're like okay because jc's like well who's gonna who are you re- replacing me with and they said, well, we're, we're going to replace you with Matt Berger and Dave Rapp. And JC said, you know, I think Matt's got a lot of talent. I think he, I think he deserves the shot. That's what Scott Gherkin told me. And then JC and I were, were Facebook friends. He sent me a message. He goes, hey, call me. And I called him, and he told me exactly what Scotty said. And he's like, hey, you know, if you, if you need advice or anything like that, please call me and let me know. I mean, he could not have been more gracious. 
Right. So when people tell me like, you know, oh my God, JC, I can't stand him. He's such an asshole. He's a dickhead. I'm like, I, I get it. Because I've seen him be like that to other people. Yeah. But because of the the great compliment, and he was always supportive of me whenever I was taking over the mornings at five ninety. I, I right, I, you hadn't put up with. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, right. and join in on the on the JC bashing, but right. I'm not going to defend him. Sure. No, and I'm not really, and I'm not bashing the guy either. Like no, I, I don't said, think you are. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not trying. I'm just saying, I'm just stating what happened, you know, on Facebook that day, and it was just it it just kind of brings you to the question of what you guys think. You know, appropriate behavior for media people is on 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 social media, and we've kind of already hit on it. That I think that you should, don't engage. I mean, you could post yourself, but don't. I mean, you, you can mean like engage. he shouldn't have ga- engaged with Dave Klein. No, he should not have engaged with Dave Klein. I don't think he should have or engaged maybe, at all. Or maybe he should have said, you know, thanks, you know, thanks for reading. Or just, my- I mean, just not acknowledge it. Or not acknowledge it because I mean, it, I mean, it was such a throwaway quote. It was. It's not like he said, you know, well, you know, JC, what the fuck do you know, and what have you ever done? No, I mean, just, it's said, just, kind of, just a classy comment is all he said. That was it, which was snarky. It was snarky, but, I, but, he, I, but I, JC I, took it as he kept going to this new. He's going to come after me. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if those four call letters were anything other than other than K and M and O and X, I think JC would have let it go. Probably, I really do. I just feel like again, like we were just talking about, like I, I don't see the the positive in it. So like I, to I, I me, you just let it go. Like if that's really how you feel about her, like what are you accomplishing in it by exclaiming it from the mountaintop? Like I just don't, I, I don't get it. I, I think that's just that's just how he is. There's another Pitchfork Mafia situation happening. In St. Louis as well, it involves Kevin Steincross from Fox Two. Yes, who last? Uh, oh yeah, this is actually interesting. Who last, really thir- interesting. Who last Thursday morning around five thirty, uh, mispronounced Martin Luther King Jr.'s name, and I was very particular and very deliberate the way I yes. just said it there. Martin Luther King Jr. and he, it sounded to some like he inserted an ethnic slur into his name. I listened to it. I thought he sounded like he mixed King and Jr. together. And came out with a, a, a word that doesn't exist either. Right. He, they he came on the air a few hours later, apologized, uh, you know, stated the fact that he you know respects Dr. King and everything that he stood for even today. And Fox Two was like, and Tribune Company was like, yeah, we have uh, addressed the situation with Kevin. Um, he's remorseful. He was you no, know, we don't think he you know in in the umpteen years that he's worked here. Has he made a you know a, a mistake like this, and we're, there'll be no further action taken? Well, then the wonderful NAACP comes in, and like and again, and they're acting as a pitchfork mafia in this situation. Yeah, and they're saying that we want this guy fired for what he did. And I want to know. I want to know what you guys think about that. Well, here's the way I look at it. Well, number one, he's working for the Tribune Company. If anybody knows anything about the Tribune Company, he's not going to get fired for anything like that. The Tribune Company thinks that Fox News is too liberal, so. <laughs> The Tribune is not going to fire uh, Kevin Steincross for anything like that. Um, Monday night, when I was on the air with Charlie Tuna uh-huh. and with uh, uh, it was Joe Davis and and Tom, I forgot Tom's last name, and, and Alvin Reed was there as well. Too, oh, really? From Donnybrook. Yeah. So, uh, like Tuna and Alvin and Joe, all three of them both said we don't think he should get fired for this. It's like they think that it was an honest mistake. That I mean, like they don't know what's in the guy's heart, but he doesn't seem like he's a hateful, malicious guy. And some people, like when people make the argument, be like, "Okay, well, why is that word 
Like, why is that a word in your vocabulary? I'm like, well, come on. There's a lot of words that you know that you don't use. Well, and that's assuming that that's the word he used. Again, you go back to what Andy was saying. If you take a look at it, like you really watch it, it sounds like it was more of a a mixture of of King and Junior, and it came out... Sounding like that. Sounding like a different word that that is unacceptable. A similar situation happened 13 years ago. Again, we're talking about bringing back up KTRS. Um, a guy by the name of Dave Lenahan, who had been at the station for about a week or two, um, used the same uh, slur uh, when he was saying Condoleezza Rice's name. He was immediately oh, okay. He well, was he was fired on the air. That's a little bit harder. To do. It is a little bit harder to do. And plus, I think KTRS was trying to was trying to do it for a. Uh, I think it was done on purpose. Yeah. That, okay. And like, what, what do you mean by harder to do? Like, it's harder to make up an excuse for that one. Like, you really have to. Think about how you're going to say that. I gotta one. say, I, I I did not know this one, so I, I'm not I gonna comment on this one because I, I do not I, know I, of this particular. Thing. I, well, know, I know it, I could Google it. it. Just I happened, just, it also I, just happened last week up in upstate New York. That guy got fired. He, that guy got fired too. Yeah, he made he pronounced Martin Luther King Jr.'s name wrong. Okay, uh, with the same slip up. And was relieved of his duties immediately as well. Well, uh, I'm glad, like Alvin said, because I thought about this too. And Alvin Reed said this, and I'm like, Alvin, I was thinking the exact same thing. You know that there's so many people who have slipped up on that day with that word. Absolutely. It's cost, you know, a few people their jobs. Mm-hmm. We can say whether or not that's right or wrong. That's just the fact of the matter. Right. So if you are someone who's on the air, you're probably sitting there thinking, don't say this, don't say this, right. don't so say this. Right, so now it's in the front of your... So now it is like almost subconsciously in your head and you just accidentally say it. The way I look at it is, is that, okay, you have to look at the, the people who work with uh, Kevin Steinkross, you know, the people who are, who are African-American who work at that radio station. Right. Or like, what is the, the past station. behavior? If, if they go to bat to him, they say, hey, you know what? I've known this guy for umpteen years. There's no way in hell he's a racist. It was just a slip up. Right. Everybody needs to calm down. Because a lot of people don't know this. Mike Greenberg made that very same mistake on Mike and Mike. Really? He, he made, made the exact same error. Now, there was a little bit of it, but this is before the whole social media thing. I think this happened like in 2003. Uh-huh. I think that's when that happened. If that happened now, I'm not sure that he would have survived it. Because well, not at ESPN. Cause, well, mean, and considering what his, statue, what his stature is now, I mean, it has since grown. Uh, it has since grown since he since he did that in two thousand three. Right. But I think there would be a lot of also. I think also there'd be a lot of people at ESPN be like, "Look, I've known Greeny for ever. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way in hell he said that on purpose. Right. If it is a mistake, you know, you apologize for it. Let's Looks move like that on. Was twenty ten? Oh, was happened. it twenty ten? Yeah, twenty ten. I thought it was before that. Yeah, maybe, and maybe, yeah, I know it's all about twenty ten. Okay. Then yeah, I'm kind of surprised that he survived. It's that still then. before it became safe space territory, man. Like you're, you're super right about safe that. space. That all started around 2014, 2015. Yeah. Like there are documented psychologists and and um, well psychiatrists that have said like this is when the safe culture took over was 2014. Well, I mean, like now, like the thing is, I mean, especially with millennials, and I've heard Bill Maher say this, and when he said it, I was like, you know what, you're spot on. If you're going back and you're looking at old movies. In old TV shows. You're going to be offended by everything. You're going to be offended. And you know what? Finding offense in all that old stuff, it doesn't make you woke. It just means you're a douchebag. And he's absolutely correct. So the one thing I've always found kind of like entertaining about the millennial generation is is they'll listen to music where it's like, F that hoe and bang me there and, and do drugs this. But the minute someone says something... 
that is off color to them in any way, shape, or form. It's bring out the pitchforks used, and let's take them down. I used to work with a woman. She wasn't that bad, right. but she was kind of like, you know. But I mean, they're pulling up listening to Young Jeezy or whatever yeah. they're listening to nowadays. Whoever the hottest rapper is right now, insert that it's name. not Young Jeezy. Whatever. <laughs> that would have been when I was listening I know. To me like, too. I love Young Jeezy. <laughs> but I mean, like, they, they pull up listening to that and go into college, and then, like, if the professor says anything that is just not on their spectrum of being okay... They flip out, and it's like, hold on a second. You just rolled up yeah. in this car listening to this. Well, Why aren't you going after fill in the blank? Th- like this this girl, I should say girl, she's a woman now. She's married, and she's got two kids, and she's like in her mid-30s. I mean, I'm, I'm a child of the 90s. I grew up. You two are dudes, and if a, if a woman walked here, she's a chick. I call every guy a dude. I yep. call every girl a chick. That's just, yep. that's just my vernacular. Yep. So I would be in the office, and I would be hey, like, babe. Oh, well, I mean, I, I call girls I know, babe, every once in a while, yeah. just just kind of like to get a rise out of them. Well, chick was what the 90s. That's what yeah, we used. absolutely. That's well, what we grew up with using. The point used to call like the, that was their number. It was it was uh wow, dude. Wow, dude. Three, one, four. Wow, dude was the number you called in to call right. the point to call the point. Right. Anyway, so we were in the office. If I called her a chick or if I called another woman a chick. She would be like, you know, she kind of give me like a little bit of, of a side eye. And I go, you listen to Lil Wayne. Right. I go, you can't tell me anything. No. And that's that's goes, what my point is. And she, and she goes, you know what? You got a good point. I'm like, you sit there and you listen to Lil Wayne. They'll you're watch, criticize, they'll you're watch TV me. shows. They'll follow social media influencers. They'll oh, follow yeah, they celebrities love- that have done terrible shit. And then the minute like a professor or anyone of like any kind of normal quote unquote stature says something or does something, uh, they they come out and they take them down. Well, I mean, I saw this video and it drove, I mean, it, it burned my, it boiled my blood like within two seconds. And that was millennials reacting to Seinfeld. And they're yeah. like, oh, no, there's no way this episode could get on the air. And I'm like, you guys are softer than day old bread. Well, and the thing that more that scares me is, dude, they're what's coming up behind us. Like, yes. they are the generation now after us. Like, what the fuck are they going to do, man? Like, honestly, and I don't mean that disrespectful to the whole millennial age group, because, again, if you're just if you're painting with a like, a you know, a. a wide brush sure. kind of claiming everybody to be the same but like it's a lot of fucking trouble man i mean like it's either going to get worse like going in that direction i think or there's a stop line or is going to correct yeah i think there's a correction the other way. i think, I think there's there will a, be a correction i, I think well. the correction's already being seen with the kevin hart thing because he was like yeah all right i've apologized and, I, and i'm done now well yeah and if you're kevin hart you would, you don't need a host of oscars anymore you'd be like look i don't, I don't need but i think it's bigger than i mean that in the terms of a guy of that stature who is that well liked by so many people for him to go you know what i have apologized for something that was part of a it, joke eight nine years ago like if you can't take my apology then sorry it, it, look like no one is going to universally agree on anything you could put a vote now that today is wednesday and there's going to be people who are going to argue that it's no, it's Tuesday Thursday. and no, yeah. it's Thursday. There yeah. was a story in the New York Times about this group, and they're not really a collective group, but it's just people who try to take down other people for shit they have said in the past. Like if you were, if if if, if any one of the three of us were to instantly become public figures in the next, oh, dude, I'd be fucked in the next twenty four hours. Fucked. And they look through your old and they scroll through your Twitter feed, mm-hmm. and they would find something that you would that you had said. Back in 2012 or 2011, we're talking, you know, seven, eight years ago. Even maybe before that. Maybe even before that. And take you down. Yeah. Dude, time hop, when I see, like, what it says I said on, like, Facebook in 2010, I, like, read it and go, what a fucking asshole. <laughs> like, like, I don't. Yeah. I'm the person who wrote that, and I'm like, that fucking guy sucks. Like, 
Well, I couldn't imagine if somebody I, read that. I, I'm a huge Howard Stern fan. Huge. Love him every day. Yeah. And I mean, I, I got private parts. I got the book and I've, and I've got yeah. Miss America. Mm-hmm. And you go back and you read them. Now you're like, Hol- is this the same person? And Howard Stern has even come on the air and he goes, there's a lot of things that young Howard said that old Howard does not agree with. Right. That's I mean, part it, it, of it. That's it, why you it, can't it, hold people. It's, it's called growing as a person. That's why, for the most part, I honestly believe you can't hold somebody accountable for something they did X Y Z amount of years. We're, before. Like some of these pro athletes, we're going back because I mean, like now, like they they don't remember what life was like without social media, right? They don't remember what it was like at all. So they're going back to tweets that they had where like they were like in junior high and high school, be like, oh look, he said, you right. know, he said the n word or he said something homophobic or he said this or he said that. I'm like, okay, I mean, he was like 12 I mean, or 13 when he happened. When I mean, happened. I, was, I didn't even know what he was even doing. I, I felt like I, w- I wasn't sheltered. I felt like I was kind of o- opened up a lot to the world. But like at the age of 17, I was wondering why people needed to apply for, um, what are you talking about? Financial aid to go to SIU Edwardsville. I'm like, well, shit, everybody has $7,000 a year to go to SIU. Yeah. Right. Just because I was stupid and grew up with money that I thought everybody had Everybody that. had it. And yeah. so... By if if I would if, if I would have tweeted if Twitter was available in 1994 when I was 17 years old, and and I had tweeted that and gone back, I mean that could be held against me. Oh, absolutely. Oh, well, they would burn you alive. You're unrelatable. Okay. <laughs> I've always said like with these sports agents, anytime you sign a young athlete, I'd be like, okay, come in tomorrow, bring in all of your phones, bring in your laptop. We are going to scrub your social media right now. Right now. Yeah. And I don't care how long it's going to and take. And anything you fuck up from here, that's on you. That's I, on I, you. I, but we, actually... we, we are going to go back. Either we're going to delete the entire your all your tweets, we're going to delete all of them, or we're going to go through them one by one. If there's anything that could be misconstrued as being sexist, racist, or homophobic, we are deleting it. And going through your likes. That too. Which I, which yeah, I likes did that. people in a lot of I fucking spent, trouble. Man. I spent six hours one afternoon going through my likes on Twitter and unliking stuff because of the content. It was pornography. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, I don't do that anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, no I, mean, I mean, but like, I follow a lot of porn. Yeah. You know, I follow it's, a lot it's a rabbit hole. Yeah. Well, it well, is. And so, and I, I said, I don't need this in my public profile. No. That's easily searchable. Well, I, I applied for a job. I think it was with Square. Okay. And they, you know, it was the usual stuff, you know, name, address, and all this other stuff. And they're like, okay, do you have, uh, you know, do you have these social media accounts? And if so, what is your social, like, what is your username? Yeah, I've had that. I had that with, uh, with Coca-Cola. And I, did, I didn't fill it out. That's where I stopped. Because I make a lot of Facebook posts that some could see where, like, you know, maybe I said. It could the be word, misconstrued. Construed. Maybe I said the word guy. Like, they're never really, I mean, I guess maybe the one I posted about Walmart has hose on sale because that woman looked like she was in a cage. And it said like it was like two dollars, two dollars and seventy five cents. It was like a ball, I mean, ca- it was like a it was ball, like a ball cage. cage. Yeah, like maybe that could be construed as like, oh my god, look at the sexist pig. But I mean, come on, it's just funny. and racist saying that she's like, I'm not gonna even say it. Well, but that too, yeah, because she's. I mean, uh, I mean, it was a black like woman in a cage, person in color. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, like, yeah. I, and I didn't even go there when I first saw it. I'm like, oh, look at that person in a cage. Ah, that's funny. Well, I just thought it was funny because I mean, she's got on like yoga pants. She's got her ass sticking out. She's you, should got probably, one, you should probably just go in there to delete it right now. She's got <laughs> one of those. She's got one of those bubble butts. Yeah, and uh, it said Walmart got hose on sale. But uh, here's, here's but here's the thing though. This is the way that I would fight it back. Where when I have like in any of my social media bios, you have no idea where I work. Well, that's a good idea. No idea. You have no clue. I will never on air say where I work. 
I tell people I have a day job. I tell them it's at a too big to fail bank. And if they want to research it, you know, go into a, a deep dive of my research and find out where I work. Well, God bless you. You've got no one. Honestly, life. I just go one step further. Andy and I talked about it last week. I believe it was on the radio, but I can't remember if we were just talking. But it was like, I just censor myself. Right. Like I keep like yeah. a conversation you and I are having. Let's say it's off the air. Yeah. And we're talking about something sensitive. I don't know what we'd be talking about, but let's say we are. If I have a really hot take that could really be misconstrued by somebody, honestly, I just save it for this conversation. I'm a lot more political on Twitter than I am on Facebook. And the reason why I am. Yeah, like, why is that? Well, like on Twitter, I I don't like the people who follow me. I don't really like I know, know them. them yeah. But they're, like, they're not family members. They're not people that I really, really know and interact with all the time. I also don't have I don't follow people I know on Twitter or let them follow me. If people, if someone wants to follow me on Twitter that I know in real life. No. Do you no, have I'm, Instagram? Matt? I do. You yeah. have it and yeah. you like it because I know Andy likes it. He's, he's I'm a big he IG it. fan. I, I do like Instagram, but I mean, I like Instagram because I mean, I'm, I'm a guy. I'm a single guy and I like looking at beautiful women. He there's likes babes. Of, there's a lot right. of beautiful women. Chicks. On, there's a lot of beautiful women on Instagram. I've just never I, I've never done it. So I just at first I thought Instagram was stupid. I really did. I'm like, this is the dumbest thing. And again, it's just pictures, but you can comment underneath the pictures to connect with people. Absolutely. You can. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's a. It's a great marketing tool too. That's Titleist, the thing. Like, uses it, and it, it, intense. You know, very, very in, intensively. Have you guys watched the fire documentary? I have it. I heard it's great though. Which one? The I watched one, okay. the one on Netflix. So I'm too. embarrassed. I've watched them both. Okay, I've heard and, they're both really good. And do you know what the fire festival? I'm not is, familiar. Andy? Okay, so the fire festival was a thing that was supposed to happen on April of 2017, where this New York entrepreneur kid. Uh, Billy McFarlane had decided he was going to create a festival to celebrate his app, which was called Fire, F-Y-R-E. Yeah. Okay. And the app would essentially mean, like, let's say Andy wants 50 Cent, whatever, pick an artist. He wants 50 Cent to come to his house and perform at his birthday party. Well, like, how would you figure out how to get to 50 Cent? Like, you'd have to, like, find his manager, do all this bullshit. But this app would allow you to literally have a direct line into 50 Cent's, like, assistant. And you would say, all right, I'm willing to give you a million dollars to come you know, do my birthday party and he'd go yes or no. So that's what fire was supposed to be. But this kid had a bigger idea and he's like, I want to make fire so big and I'm going to have like my own Woodstock to make fire's name like explode. And I think it was down in Miami too, wasn't it? it? Bahamas. He Bahamas, bought Pablo it. Escobar's Norman K Island, but he bought really? it with investors. He had 20 different investors who had gave him money to buy this Island where Pablo Escobar used to own it. So he buys this Island. He becomes friends with Ja Rule and business partners with Ja Rule, the rapper. And they literally have this idea. They're like, all right, we're going to start booking guests. So then they start booking these guests like Blink-182, Migos, all kinds of people like that. And they're like, look, we're going to have this huge festival. It's going to be people can stay in villas and houses and these like beautiful things. And he literally goes to uh, Haley Baldwin and all those like social media mm-hmm. type uh, influencers. And he goes, all right, come down here, shoot a music video of you like playing on a yacht around this island, all this shit. We'll have Ja Rule in it. And he's like, okay, now I'm going to have you send out a thing on Instagram. Now, I don't have Instagram. But again, I assume it's kind of like Facebook, essentially. But it's more pictures. Yeah. And these guys all tweet out, or they Instagram out at the exact same time, a picture of a burnt orange square. That's all it is. They all do this. And people are like, what the fuck is this? So when they click on it, it would send them to the video that they had done with all these beautiful women, like you were talking about the Instagram thing. And people are like, what the fuck is this? And they're like, Fire Festival. Like, you got to come. It's a two-weekend thing. It's, it's pretty be- smart, actually. Right. 
if you know how to do all the logistics of it. Yeah. But he didn't know how to do that, and he didn't have the money. So he's already borrowed from 20 investors. At the end of it, he had already borrowed from 80 investors who had given $26 million to make this possible. Oh, boy. Now, we're 45 days out, and he doesn't have any public uh, waste situation. Like, what do you do when you have 40,000 people show up to an island that can only hold 20,000, and you don't even have public waste or food or anything you haven't paid the bands anything nothing so he knows this is going on yet he's still pushing it like fire festival it's going to be huge people are pushing it pushing it and it's becoming liked by millions of people all over instagram facebook whatever and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and now he's out of money again somehow because he's just spent it on partying and doing stupid shit and paying people that you know he's robbing peter to pay paul so then he has a brilliant idea that he's like oh i'll have people i'll say it's a cashless event and you will get a wristband that you can wear and that's where your money will be and you'll like scan it, and that's how you'll do it. And he's like, everybody should put at least $300 or more in per day. So people load these things after they've already paid. The ticket prices were like eight grand. To oh, do my a, God. A round, it was really high. A real thing. Now, there were, ticket, there were packages they offered that they offered you that said that they would bring you in on a yacht for $250,000. So people spent like the average median was like $20,000 lost per person. And this festival never fucking happens. Never happened. These people show up. They fly them in. So like the final day, they have no villas, no nothing, no bands. They have a stage set up and a monsoon of rain fucking happens. It washes away these FEMA tents that they were calling villas. And now you've got nowhere for people to stay, nothing to eat. And you have people flying in from all over the world. They land in the Bahamas. They get off the, the, the fucking plane and they're like, well, where do we go? And they're like, oh, go to this local bar. So they ship them off to a little tiny local bar. Where the local bar people don't even know what the fuck's going on. There's just people from buses just coming, just coming and coming in. and coming. And they're like, what the fuck? You know, so they get these people drunk. And now hours later, after baking in the sun on drugs and alcohol, they're like, okay, yeah, now we're going to take you to the festival. And people are like, okay, well, fuck, this has been fucked up, but sure. And they get on this school bus. And these are rich people, dude. Yeah. These are yeah. rich kids. Because if you could spend $8,000 as like a lowest ticket price to go here, you've got a little got bit money. of change. And uh, You got Andy Hanselman money. Well, <laughs> right. So blessed. So they hashtag uh, unrelatable. So they they get they start pulling up to the festival and they notice that there's like literally just mattresses on dirt and people are like, what the fuck is this man? Like they can't. There's no concierge. There's nobody to tell you where you're supposed to go. There's no bands on the stage. There's no music going. There's no. There's literally porta potties and lockers. Like there's nothing. And yeah. people are like, what the fuck's happening? So like they end up like canceling the concert. While people are there, because yeah. no bands are coming, Blink-182 tweeted out, like, we can't come to this festival. We just, something's not right. Yeah. And, like, now you've got thousands of people looking for their luggage. They brought their luggage in on an 18, uh, 18-wheeler and oh just dropped God. it off. So you got people on drugs, alcohol. They're pissed off. They got nowhere to stay. Um, all this shit. And they're dropped off and left. Yeah. Pretty much abandoned. It's like the fucking Hunger Games, man. Yeah. Like, and could you imagine? No. Here's the best part. Not only does this fucking guy do this, he then goes out after he defrauds all these people of all this money. We're not even talking about the $26 million he did to all the investors. He then goes out and starts emailing the same email list of the people that bought the fire tickets, and he's under a new name, Frank Tribble. Frank Tribble is an NYC promoter who is trying to get you to buy new new things. Yeah. He defrauded more people while out on bail for fucking fraud. They put him away for six years. That's what he got. That's it? And he's got a $100 million class action lawsuit 
that was put together for anyone who well, was defrauded. It, it, and it's got Ja Rule's name in it. Everybody's in it, dude. Well, and see, here's another thing, too. How many how many people did you say were investing? Like 80? 80? Okay. What One they... of which was the guy who died who used to run Chesapeake uh, Oil or Chesapeake Energy. He was a big name uh, for Chesapeake Energy, and he died in a car accident. But uh, it would be in the Hulu document. The Hulu one, to me, is better just slightly than the Netflix one. Okay. It's, it's told from two totally different perspectives. Okay. The Netflix one is more about the people that worked for Fire and how they got fucked. And the Hulu one, first off, they interview Billy McFarlane the entire time before he goes to prison. And dude, they asked Aubrey him, McClendon? That was his name. He was one of the major investors. And then they found out that he was fraudulent. See, and then he... Dude, it was a fucking fraud scam from the beginning to the end. Like, and Did they ever have any intention of having this festival he did, Now that's Dude, that's where it gets scary. Like, if you he watch didn't the, know what to do. The Hulu one is where it gets scary because he's literally... They literally have him in a chair and they're just talking to him, you know, conversationally like, hey, would you ever call yourself a compulsive liar? And he's like, no. And, he, and they're like, really? You kind of are. Like, really? And he's yeah. like, well, what if I said that was a lie? And then, like, who Everything. goes into this thing of being like, when he's like, they're showing video of him being like, I invested $5.7 million of my money. And then Hulu would go, not true. And then it would yeah. be like, uh, I have $200 million in financing coming down the road. Not true. And it's just like, dude, he's a compulsive, lying sociopath. Like, wow. And he fooled all these people, Andy. It's like, the, it was the, so bad. The thing that would make me, I mean, he probably couldn't help it because, like you said, he's a compulsive yes. liar. And, like, they just do it as a bodily as a bodily function. And, yes. But, like, okay, what are the odds, I mean, that all 80 of those investors are straight and narrow Oh, investors? not at all. Because so, I mean, I mean like, yeah, you, maybe like, they you, got theirs. I'm thinking well, more well, along what I'm saying is, like, like, let's say, like, you owe money to some people who aren't going to accept you not having their money back. Right. Yeah. And they have jail's no, probably the safest place. The, yeah, the, they have no problem with putting you in a dumpster. I mean, it's just crazy, man. Like they were interviewing his girlfriend in the Hulu one, and she's like, "I just love him. Like I love him. Like he is just the definition of the guy that he was pulling up in Porsches, but he had no money to his name because it was just literally credit on credit on credit on credit. And he did believe the festival he could make possible, but like when it was seven days out, they take you from like forty-five days out to like seven days out uh-huh. and when you're seven days out and you don't have a fucking stage and you don't have beds you don't have villas you, you don't nothing. have cars you don't have yachts that you've promised these they were telling people they're flying them in on single cessna planes like like literally like fucking movie stars going to can but they weren't they were flying them in on a 737 with everybody else going to the bahamas like it was a fucking lie it, it kind of reminds me of that 30 for 30 from the guy who tried to buy the islanders did you ever see that one yes on espn yes where like he was supposed to have like a Seventeen thousand dollar payment. Yes, and he walked in with a check for seventeen hundred, and he didn't yeah. even have that. I mean, it was the biggest fraud. It was. I watched those two back to back. I watched the Netflix one two nights ago, and I watched the Hulu one because I heard everybody saying the Hulu one was even better. And the story is so fucking draw you in that what you is can't. The, no, what is, what is the Netflix? The Netflix one is uh, the Netflix one is more of like the people that were involved, like these. So, dude, he had everyone fooled. He had the the social media account. He screwed. Fuck Jerry Media. You know, fuck Jerry, yep. the people that make memes. They're part of that $100 million class action lawsuit. Oh, really? Because they were literally pushing this. I remember this. hearing people promoting it yes. on the radio. Anyone who promoted yeah. it is part of this, this thing. Now, think about it. If I was telling you, Andy, I got this huge fucking festival. Just trust me. And you're living here. And I'm down in the Bahamas. And I'm like saying, dude, it's going great. It's fucking going great. Like, keep pushing it. And you keep pushing it. And then when it all, the, show, the fucking ship goes down... You're coming down with me. Like, yeah. and you don't even know it. 
you're just believing me saying, Dude, you, you everything's right down going to everybody great. Else. Yeah. Everything's going great. Like Ja Rule like literally believed like that this was going to work out. Like he and, fucking and, believed it. And, and Ja Rule probably honestly needed it too because he was coming out of prison. Oh, no. And, no and, dude, now he's just so upside down. And, and he's... He, he, his career hasn't exactly gone in the same trajectory as it, as it was like 15 years ago when he was so if you're, singing the hook on every other R&B song. No. So if you're looking for it on Netflix, it's called Fire, F-Y-R-E, The Greatest Party That Never Happened, I yeah, believe. I think and then the it. Hulu one is called Fire, F-Y-R-E, Fire Fraud is what it's called. Okay. And like, I would tell you to watch the Netflix one first and then watch the Hulu one because I feel like the Hulu one takes any of your unanswered questions from the Netflix one and kind of like finishes it off just right like it's a better documentary on hulu it is it's just a better documentary but the perspective of these other poor people like i said like if you worked for me and i was fucking you the whole time and you had no idea right can you imagine what like it would be like to interview you now like these people lost their jobs they lost everything everything like the people that created the fire app and were working on the fire app he's telling them like you're gonna get paid like you're gonna get paid don't worry don't worry and I he got would you. give them like you. a little bit of money like he'd be mm-hmm. like all right i owe you four grand here's 2500 10 grand's coming in three weeks right like trust me we're good it and then re- one day he's like we're fucking done it kind of reminds me a lot of those dot coms like in the 90s oh yeah there's yes. so many dot coms that were like that we're the second time i'm bringing up the simpsons there was this dot com that bart and lisa went to go work for and like people were asking for more money and the, the guy that owned the company would be like, Oh, just, just give them some more stock. And they had, right. the, they had the stock on well, a fake stock. They had the stock like on a, on a uh, paper towel roll. So <laughs> they would just go to this paper towel roll and they just roll off these sheets of stock. Well, and and as any, people. most people would know that for every Google where that is how they paid them the first couple of years, you know, yeah. it was with yeah. stock options for every fucking Google, there's a hundred thousand that aren't. There were so many. I remember the the search engine wars. Yes, and the, like oh, yeah. in, in the nineties, in the nineties, first two thousands. Because this 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 is when I was looking for a job. Fuck Bing, Bing. That's from yeah. Microsoft, and that was an epic fail. I yeah. mean, like and they had like you they had they had you had Google, you had Yahoo, mm-hmm. um, you had Lycos. Yep. I'm trying to remember what else there were because, like I said, you I don't was, even remember anymore. I, I don't, but, yeah. but like I remember, I was trying to find a job. We started with an A, Alto, uh, Alta, Alta Vista, oh. Alta Vista, that's Alta what it was. Vista. That was it, yeah. Because you know, like they all had like their own like one ads or classified ads. They did, right? So like I, I just graduated college. I'm trying to find a job, so I'm the classified ads. Well, you can't search the classified ads until you registered with them and got an email. So I had to have a. Uh, Alta Vista email address, a Yahoo uh, email address, a Lycos uh, email, all these different the email addresses. The sad part is I to bring remember it, the, the, the password for, for half to, of them. To bring it like full circle back to what Andy was talking about was the social media, like Instagram is essentially what allowed this to even get going. Like a fucking little square box, uh, th- two and a half inches tall by two inches wide, literally of a burnt orange color is what started this whole fucking phenomenon. Well, I mean, that's, that's how a lot of beautiful women make their money. Yes. Is their Instagram models. Like they yes. have, you know, maybe 2.3 million followers. It's fucking So crazy, they dude. get brands that endorse them. I have heard. They paid Kendall Jenner $250,000 to send out that burnt orange square. Yeah. And you know how many likes it got? 12 million likes. And it had 25 million impressions. That's how much it got for them was with Kendall Jenner. Who I, don't, I don't even find her attractive. That's my own thing. Kylie's okay. Kendall is not. I'm not a Kendall Jenner right. guy. And 
to pay her two hundred fifty thousand dollars to hit fucking send on that. But okay, but like, it, but how many people did it reach? Like twenty five million. Twenty five million. Twenty five million. There you go. That's that's that's, that's, that's what it is. Crazy man. Crazy. Like I, I like I follow Ariana Grande on on Instagram. I'm about ready to unfollow her because I just don't find her that interesting. Right. But like she'll post a picture and you'll see how many likes she gets. And I'm like, she's got more likes than the St. Louis metropolitan area. It's fucking crazy on, on this one picture. It's crazy. I mean, that'd be like everybody, everybody that you know that lives in the St. Louis metropolitan area that includes the Metro East likes this picture. Has yeah. seen this picture and hit like. Like that is, and um, like that I said, that's amazing. not even the impressions. There might have been twenty million impressions where people don't even like it, but they've they stopped and they yeah. know how long you've stopped to look at it. Like somebody stopped to look at it for five seconds and it hit like, but it's, they it's, looked at it. It's become, and in a certain sense, it's become so much easier because of social media and the media. Right. All you really have to do. Two examples I'll give you. One of them in politics, the other one in sports. The first one in sports is uh, Levar Ball. And the big baller brand. Right. He was, you know, this is going like my my son is better than LeBron James and Michael Jordan combined. If I play Michael Jordan a game of one on one right now, I would beat his ass. He just made a bunch of outlandish statements. Right. And he's got this big baller brand. Well, he's, he's selling these kind of rather plain looking tennis shoes for five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars a pop. No one's ever heard of him. And you've got ESPN's got him on. Fox Sports One's got him on. He's he's doing the whole car wash yeah. through the media. I remember Darren Ravel saying that like just him being on these TV shows is equated to like sixty five million dollars in advertising. That's crazy, and like, and he did, he didn't sell hardly any shoes, so he didn't really capitalize on all that. But the fact that he was able to put that together has got to have has some level of genius. Yeah. And, there, and with uh, with Donald Trump when he was running his campaign in 2016, he yeah. spent hardly any money on advertising. He didn't, it was need free. didn't need to. Twitter's free. Well, he, 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 he Twitter. And the news would replay his clips. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. I'm going to go up in, in front of all these people, and I'm going to say, listen, you Chinese motherfuckers, and Hillary's a crook, and Lion Ted Cruz, and low-energy Jeb Bush. I'm going to say all these different outlandish things, and the news cycle is just going to do it over and over right. and over again. I have to pay them a nickel. Right. It's, it's genius. It really is. Yeah. Evil genius, but it's genius. Yeah. Terrible. Just Terrible. I, I, I don't know. I just the the social media thing. Like I just I wonder where it where does it go from here. So uh, one of the one of the best things I ever did. I did it uh, for a while. I actually I took Facebook off my phone. Okay, so you just deleted like the app. Just deleted the app off my phone. Okay. The amount, and then I, I for some reason I put it back on, but because I, I really enjoyed my life with Facebook off my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, the, but the amount of decisions I had to make every day went down. From what feel like several thousand to yeah. to several hundred, because I was deciding whether or not I wanted to click on something or not, mm-hmm. and it was just it was so relaxing. Would you ever get rid of your social media accounts? No, I, I keep saying that you know what one day I'm going to, and maybe one day I'll get frustrated and, and I will. As long as I have something to promote, I never will. Yeah, and it's a way for me to stay in contact with people that I want to stay in contact with. It, it, here's this is going to sound completely corny as hell. I've had so so many people tell me, "I love your Facebook page, man. I love your Facebook page. You make me laugh harder than anybody else." Yours is very funny because, and I try to put. That's the thing I do. I never, I very rarely do I post anything serious, anything political, or anything sad. I mean, every once in a while, maybe like Monday was Martin Luther King's birthday. Thank you. So I, I, I would Luckily post... we're on a podcast, we can edit it. <laughs> I would post a picture of like of him in one of his things. It'd be something like that. But I mean, like, I'm never going to go after 
Trump or anybody like that on, on Facebook. I just don't do it because there's so much bullshit on Facebook. I remember when Facebook used to be fantastic. It was great. It was. Because you, don't you think that's more of the people? Oh, and than, absolutely, than actual Facebooks. It, it, it is. It is absolutely the people. Like I believe the cesspool is the people. I don't believe it's the content. No, it's, it, you're absolutely one hundred percent right. One hundred percent right. You know what I mean? Like because okay, I'm four. I'll be forty two on Friday. And Happy birthday! Thank you. And I've had this now for ten years. So when I first got on Facebook, I was thirty two. Mm. So meaning, like the people that I was friends with, they're at, at different stations in their life. As am I to a certain extent. Mm. Like, and I, I kind of joke about this. It, 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 we were talking about it before we started recording about the brick house. Yes. At Chesterfield Valley, how like I used to know all the girls there and all the girls that work there, they were all like part time bikini models and ring car girls and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And now they're insurance agents and, and moms para, and paralegals. <laughs> Wives. And all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're no longer kind of like show, you know, showboating around, posting them. pictures yes. of like, you know, hey, check out my, my bikini shoot, you know, right. down in Florida. Now, right. Check out my pictures of me, my husband, and my two kids yeah, down now, in front of the Tampa yeah, Bay. Now uh, it's here in my baby. Now, now it's here in my baby, we, yeah. know, which is great for them. That's cool. Right. But it's like, it's not as much. Fun as it used to be, yeah. But we we all have to grow up sometime. I guess is the the point. Maybe I I would get rid of it in a heartbeat if it meant that it would like let's say like it's disrupting. Like I now that I have a daughter, I have a daughter who's almost ten months old. Like when you find yourself sitting there when you could be playing with her and you're fucking scrolling. Yeah, no, I get that. And 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 again, yeah. I'm not trying to come from like high like fucking standing here and be like, well, I have a kid. Everybody, a lot of people have fucking kids, but I'm just saying like for me, I will go. What am I fucking doing, dude? What am I doing? I'm reading this cesspool, whether it's Twitter or Facebook, over spending time with my daughter or helping my fiance out with something that I should be helping her out with or doing something around the house, being productive. Because, dude, at the end of the day, like you only get so many hours in life. Absolutely. And they say you spend, the average person spends 24 days a year on their phone. My, it's unbelievable. Uh, 24 days of your a year of your life is spent and- on your phone. And, and my mom That's fucking terrifying. And my mom is in her mid sixties, and my dad's like, "Your mom is on Facebook all the time now." And like the couches that they bought, they recently bought new furniture. I would say in the past year, this is a complete one hundred percent sign of the times. Mm. You know what this couch is equipped with? Charger charging station. ports. Charging Get the ports. fuck out of here. Charging ports. So you can sit there. I haven't even seen that type of shit. Yet. And I have. have. And have you plug your, your couch in. You plug your couch <laughs> and it charges the, and it, it gives. So the that's port. how it works. It plugs in. So it's essentially an electrical conduit. Yes. Yeah. Just yeah. Just some just some <laughs> some insulated conduit running through the couch <laughs> to the to the outlets where you can plug in. Because my dad would be like, "That's fucking crazy." Because my dad's like, "I don't know why we have like the cable package that we have." Your mom just sits there and goes through Facebook all night. He's like, "I can't even have a conversation." Like, and both my parents are on Facebook. Yeah. But like, my mom is on it. All like my dad's like your mother is on it all the time, and she's in her mid sixties. So, so there is nothing like you have a lot of it with like uh, you enjoy it, job stuff, opportunities, things like that, of why you keep it. But like when that stuff comes, like essentially would come to an end, like you don't think you'd get rid of it, or I like, guess it would I, depend I mean, how it evolves. Or I, pr- I probably just wouldn't be on it as much. Yeah, like there are sometimes like like Andy's idea is brilliant, like to take it off your phone, like force yourself to get on your fucking laptop, open up your laptop or your well, iPad. And actually, have to go to Facebook.com and do it that well, way. I mean, like, there are times when, like, I won't even get on Twitter. Like, there'll be a couple of days sometimes I won't even get on Twitter. Oh, I go weeks without Twitter. You know, like. Oh, see, I'm a Twitter addict. See, I'm the, because I, 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 I go through faces. Because, but it's because that's where I get my news from. If there, if there's, see, I get mine from Facebook. 
If there's something big going on in the news... And I still watch Channel 4 because I worked for him. <laughs> if I'm being honest, like, I just do. News like, 4. Yeah, it's just a... St. Louis. They treated me well, you know? KMOV, so Channel 4. Yeah. And, like, if there's a... like Okay, like, trade deadline. If there's anything kind of yep. big going on in sports... I'm, I'm in on that. I'm on Twitter. Yes. Like, I'm a Twitter I'd be following, yeah. I, Like, this whole baseball thing, dude, I can't stop reading Heyman, which I know is bullshit, and, you know, Rosenthal, all those guys. Like, I can't stop. I, I try really hard not to follow cesspool people on Twitter. Obviously, you can't get away from all of it, right? But I tried to keep my Twitter feed full of informational stuff that's no that I like. Dude, well, I've unfollowed like, at least five hundred people. Like, on I Facebook. follow like one of my favorite follows on, on Twitter is Bon Appetit magazine. Okay, because they because <laughs> they post great recipes, hey. and I love to cook. Yeah. Well, I mean, like one thing I another thing I do too is that if you follow me, I'll check out your profile and I'll follow you back. But I'll, I mean, I I do like a little bit of a screening. Right, like if I if I'm looking through your post, it's a friendly thing. Yeah, I'm like I'm looking through. Your, I'm like, okay, I don't think you're going to be too bad. And here's another rule I have as well with Twitter, and I tell people this all the time. I even told my friend uh, Vinny this, who who covers the Rams for the Athletic, because Vinny would get. This is during the whole relocation. Vinny would get in fights with people on Twitter all the time. It's not like, worth it. Like arguments back and forth. And I told him, I go, here's what my rule is. If you do not have at least 100 people following you on Twitter, I'm not even going to even acknowledge you. If That's I, fair. If I tweeted out something and you reply back, you're calling me a fat jackass or whatever, and you've got like 25 followers, I don't give a fuck what you think. Yeah. I guess I've never given a fuck, honestly, what the other person thought of I normally anyway. don't either, but like if you've only got 25 people on this planet who are interested in what you have to, on what right. you have to tweet, then, no, I get that. then why, why am I going to I'm care? just more like, dude, yeah, you can say your piece, like, and then I just... My shadiest shit I'll do is I'll just like your comment if if you even take a shot at me. Like on the the, the we all know of TMA fan page. Yeah. Like people will like I'll post something and it becomes like a fucking cesspool. Yeah. And if I do that and somebody like fires a shot, okay. I will literally just be like, okay, and then like it and then be like, thanks for your support. Like, okay. I, what fuck? I don't care. The TMA fan page. I am still a member of the fan page. Mm-hmm. I no longer follow the fan page. Okay. Oh, really? I, I no longer do. I'll go on there every once in a while to see what's going on. And the reason why I stopped following it is because they were just clutter, cluttering up my news feeds, like pictures of dogs and leaning pizza and yeah. all this other it's, different shit. I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, that's it. I'm not following. I know people who you are, think you can thank Kevin Miller for that. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people who are who who were at the time hardcore TMA fans hardcore and they no longer are yeah they don't they don't they were part of the fan page and then they were like me they unfollowed it and then they just finally just flat out well i think it's the same it's it's just a micro version of the macro thing which is look at facebook people love you said it just moments ago like you loved facebook and now look what it's turned into so it's just kind of it's different different stages in life i don't even know what my facebook feed would look like if i unfollowed the fan page I'm going to try that. I'll I'll be honest with you. I completely forgot the fan page even existed until someone would tell me that they saw something on the fan page. I guess I just scroll so by. Like, dude, I'm so passively, like, just like, hey, that's great. That's a dog picture. Like, I I don't know. Yeah. And and here's another thing, too. So mindless. I didn't. This sounds sounds bad. mindless. Yeah. I didn't find the fan page useful whenever I was when I was on 590 and trying to promote. Like I would yeah. post on there and I would, I wasn't getting any hate, but I wasn't getting much love either. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, why am I even bothering? Like even when I first started, we started, started doing the podcast here Yeah. and I used to post a link on the TMA fan page. And I think like maybe like Kevin Miller and Kevin Haybear and, and a couple other people would like it. And yeah. Michael Kelly, they like, 
Thank they you, would, Kelly. And they would make a couple of comments. Well, if I'm lucky to get anything, it's it's normally like somebody being like, it'll, I'll get one or two like people, like if I ask a question, like let's just say I ask, who would the Cardinals rather have? I haven't done this, but if I said like Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, even asking that question, you're asking a simple fucking question, it will turn into, oh, you don't like Harper? Like what the fuck is oh, your yeah. problem? And you're like, whoa, dude, I... I didn't say anything. I just, literally. Why do you hate? Why do you hate John Mazzella? Right. Just, why do you just not? Just because I said I'd like a Coke doesn't mean I hate Pepsi. Right. Like. Yeah. I I don't get why it had to disintegrate into that. Like that isn't what my intent. My intent was to get a conversation in terms of like, oh, where do you stand? Yeah. Absolutely. You know? I mean, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, thanks so much for listening today, guys. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. You know, with our little media talk and then kind of just going back and forth. That's what this show is all about. It's just kind of bullshit. Don't forget that you can find us now on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, and on Stitcher. Basically, any place you want to listen to podcasts, you can find us by looking up STL Happy Hour. So, for Matt Berger, who you can follow on Twitter at Matt underscore Berger. For Alpina, John Sander, I'm Andy Hanselman. You've been listening to STL Happy Hour on the St. Louis Podcast Network.